Welcome, everyone. It's really, uh, really great to see you, and welcome to the Bridge at Zoom gathering. Our uh, location in Abbotsford is on the lands of the Semiamu, Stolo, and Kwantlen peoples. And if you'd like to learn more about that, you can go to native-land.ca. I am going to um, read a prayer, and then we will carry on. O gracious and loving God, our creator and provider, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, Holy Spirit, breath of God, the Holy Trinity, we honor and worship you this morning. We thank you for food, shelter, and clothing for family and friends, the opportunity to get together, to pray and to laugh, to listen and learn, to talk and encourage each other. Help us experience your deep love today and to share that love with others. We know that where two or more are gathered, that you are in our gathering, you're in our experience. We bring to you our personal worries and concerns and we bring our global concerns. We especially pray today for our neighbors in our province who are being evacuated and may have lost everything. Many have lost everything. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand and be empathetic and help them, O oh God. We pray for our local, provincial, and federal leaders as they're dealing with these fires, that you would give them energy and wisdom for men and women on the ground and in the air that are battling to extinguish these flames, give them energy, wisdom, and health and safety. We bring our needs for renewed health in mind and body, and we ask for divine wisdom to know what to do and when. <clears throat> we give this immediate time as we are gathering on Zoom to you now, and we move expectantly forward in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Nothing's. Hi, <clears throat> I'm um, going to be leading us in Visio Divina today. Um, I will be sharing some photos that I took of sunflowers. The seeds were offered at a, um, at a bridge observance of Holy Week at St. Dunstan. Lord, uh, I ask that you will speak to us during this time through our eyes and um, in, straight into our hearts. This first set of slides, I uh, ask us to consider our first impressions. Consider what thoughts come to your mind and emotions that you're feeling. Ask God to speak to you through what you've noticed and then take time to listen. I planted two seeds I received at the church service. And I spritzed them at home for what seemed like a very long time until they sprouted. When they got a bit bigger, I gladly transplanted them into bigger pots on our west-facing windowsill. But one evening, the blind was let down too far and too fast, and it chopped a seedling midway to a right-angle break. Only a thread of a stem remained connected. We splinted it with a toothpick and scotch tape and waited. It healed. And like a broken bone, it became thicker and stronger where the break had been. Um, 
At the six inch growth point, I moved them to the garden, removing the splint as I did. Okay, let's pause. Is there anything you notice or feel or hear? Okay, the next set of slides. <clears throat> See where we are at now. <clears throat> See the healed bit in the stem? When I first transplanted it to the big garden, that was very dramatic. And now it doesn't look that much different than its buddy that never got hit by the blind. What part of these images stand out to you? <clears throat> what do you feel as you look at these images? Do they provoke any questions or stir up memories? Sometimes a verse of scripture will come to mind. We have invited God to speak to us. How have you heard God speak? What may have been revealed to you? Do you sense the invitation to prayer or action? And how would you like to respond to God in this moment? Hey, there's a whole bunch of responses coming in on a chat. Sarah, are you going to read those? Who's going to read those? Yeah. I could read those. Sure. <clears throat> in its early life, it was small and weakly, says Tamara. Sarah says it's amazing how it survived anyway. Love that. What a miracle, Sherry says. The tender, Ruth says, the tenderness of God in bringing healing growth and a beautiful flower. Uh, first image is upset for the seed head being stuck on leaves growing. Two images of an ugly stem yet very strong. God does not see the ugly, only the beauty, says Nicola. We see wrong and we do not trust the hard shell to come off. I'm impressed at how sunflowers uh, face the light. And I hope I do that also, especially in a time of uh, brokenness. I also see a possibility here for some poor teaching saying, look, whatever hurts you will make you stronger. This time it did. <laughs> But not always, and we need to we need to uh, be empathetic about that. Yeah. Prolific, yeah, 
Let's say the seeds are multiplied so many times in that one little seed. <clears throat> Make me happy, says Ruth. It did, didn't heal by itself either. Like we, as we can extend help to each other, Lando and I extend his help to this little flower. I'm just so amazed at how small the sunflower seed is. And these stems now are well over eight feet tall. It's just amazing. It's so beautiful. <clears throat> Thanks, everybody. For growth to happen, there's always vulnerability and fragility needed to be nourished for beauty and for food. Yeah. Think about the seeds falling on a variety of soil. It makes me think how, how their God is there even in the hard rocky soil. Hi, so do we start? Okay. <laughs> Hi, uh, we are Dave and Sherry Sinclair, and uh, we've been attending the bridge for about a year now, something like that. And uh, we've been asked to, to uh, uh, lead in communion today, so we're going to do that. Uh, Sherry will be reading some scriptures, and then we'll be going through a couple of uh, liturgical prayers, and taking communion. Thanks. Mm. So in chapter 14 in Genesis, it seems to be the first mention of bread and wine in the scriptures. And that's the story of Melchizedek, the high priest and king of Salem, Jerusalem, blessing Abraham after Abraham rescues his nephew Lot. And Melchizedek, this is reading from the uh, N.T. Wright version. Or no, it's not because he doesn't read that one. <laughs> He doesn't read that one. Uh, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and now he was a priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Right. So, Sarah, are you going to put the uh, two prayers up? Please. There we go. So we came to know of these. Well, I, I grew up with uh, this type of liturgical prayer. Um, it's I know it's not for everybody, but um, today we'd like to do it. Uh, the first one's called the Apostles' Creed. And uh, the next one is uh, Confession of Sin. So... Um, one thing I would like to point out uh, in the Apostles' Creed, if you look down at the third paragraph there, the second line, 
uh, it says, well, the first one says, I believe in the Holy Spirit. The next one says, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. And I just wanted to, that was a real trigger for me for a while. And, um, but I came to understand that it's not actually referring to any specific um, church uh, group or uh, that kind of thing. But what it means is the um, the total group of believers, followers of uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, throughout the world. So that's what that's referring to. So if I want to read along, I'll read this and then um, you can read along or think through however you'd like to go about it. So first one, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And then the second one now, our confession of sin. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. I'm just going to read now from Luke uh, 22, verse 14 to 20. And if you have uh, something ready, like Lando was saying, that you could use for bread and for wine, uh, we'll eat and drink together after this. And this is uh, a reading from the Kingdom New Testament by N.T. Wright. When the time came, Jesus sat down at the table and the apostles with him. I've been so much looking forward to eating this Passover with you before I have to suffer, he said to them. For, let me tell you, I won't eat it again until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and share it among yourselves. Let me tell you, from now on, I won't drink from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then he took some bread. He gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them. This is my body, he said, which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. So too, after supper with the cup, this cup, he said, is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. And now we can eat and drink together. The body of Christ broken for us and the blood of Christ shed for us. Okay, uh, so now what we'd like to do is uh, pray for Sarah, um, pray for her as she uh, is going to come and deliver the message today. Um, 
So we'll put you all through that. <laughs> Father God, thank you for Sarah. Thank you for her heart. Thank you for her, uh, for who she is, Lord. And we pray for your strength today for her and um, and your insight and peace and joy. We ask in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Lando and Kathy. Thank you, um, Dave and Sherry. Um, I love that we get to do this together and there's lots of people involved. Just to uh, let you know, Eden is away visiting her son and daughter-in-law and grandson this weekend. So um, she's over in Toronto, so she's not with us. But um, I'm sure she sends her love. I'm just presuming she does. I mean, I guess she does. She usually does. So let's go with that. Um, anyhow, okie dokie. Um, so... Uh, this morning, I don't know whoever, um, who of you got a chance to listen to my playlist, but there was one song particularly that I put on um, that was uh, really key to my message, and I'll get there in just a minute. But right now, there is a lot going on in the world, in our province, and I don't know how you feel about all of this, but I can tell you um, that I watch and read and try to understand what's going on but there is actually little that I can do. I can give money occasionally. I can pray, you know, that whole thing of thoughts and prayers. It's a bit of a joke, but actually I think it's the only real tool that I have. Um, so let's pray before I get going. Um, Lando prayed already, but I thought it would be good for us to pray again. I mean, it can't hurt, right? I'm going to use we as I pray because we as human beings are one, whether we like that idea or not. So let's pray. Creator God, where we've been complacent in the face of our climate crises, we're sorry. Where we've not taken care of the natural world as we should, we are truly sorry. Where we've not listened to those with the wisdom that we needed, forgive us. Help us to listen, to learn, and to do better. For those affected directly by the fires in our province and further afield, we pray for mercy. For those being threatened by it now, we ask for safety. For those who it has already passed, leaving destruction behind, we pray for comfort and strength as they rebuild. For those displaced, we pray for peace for their anxious hearts, and we pray for mercy, and we pray for rain. For those working very hard to fight, contain, redirect, and manage, we pray for safety. We pray for strength, and we pray for relief. We pray for wisdom, and again, we pray for rain. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Amen. It's a lot. Everybody take a breath. May we see your beauty through it all, God. May we see the glimmers of grace that litter our path if we would just have our eyes open to them. Amen. So, hearing all of that, after reading the passages for this week, a song came to mind, and this is really where my message, is, my message kind of launched from. It's the first song in my playlist, uh, which if you haven't listened to it already, I would really recommend you do that. If we, were on, if we weren't on Zoom right now, I would play it to you. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop a link to it into the chat. There you go. And if you want to disappear for four and a half minutes and go listen to it, we'll be here when you get back. Um, or play it later. But, you know, if you click that link now, you can open the window behind this one and then go to it later or, you know, go listen to it now and come back. Um, I'm going to read the words. 
And uh, and then I'm going to read them really slowly. So, you know, if you do go away and come back, we'll be at the right place when you get back. And I want you to listen to the words and just ask, ask Jesus, is there an invitation in here for you? Is there an invitation for a friend? Is there an invitation for somebody else? Just listen for an invitation. So let me have a go at sharing my slides. Okay. So this is a song, Come All You Thirsty. Come all you thirsty, I'll give you water to drink. And come all you weary, I'll give you peace enough to sleep. And come all you people, you oppressed and hurt, who've lost your dignity and your value in this world. So listen, you who have ears to hear, who have feet to walk, who have eyes to see, come, be near me. And the me, obviously, in that is Jesus. Come, all you small ones, you shall inherit the throne. No more hiding or being looked down on. And come, all you liars, and I will give you the truth. There's no more death sentence, for I have risen for you. Hey, listen, you, who have ears to hear, who have feet to walk, who have eyes to see, listen, you, who are looked down upon, who cried all last night to survive this one. Come to me. 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 I will carry. I will carry. I will carry. I will carry. I will carry thee. It is a beautiful song. Do you have a listen? Um, Jenny Wallstrom, who wrote this song, um, she wrote it for her friends who don't know Jesus. And she just said, just looking at them, she just didn't know how to pray for them or how to ask them, but she could see that they were thirsty. So she wrote the song, Come All You Thirsty. And one of our passages for today is one of the times that this phrase or this idea appears in the Bible. And it is John 7, 37 to 44. And I'm going to read it from the message. On the final and climactic day of the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus took his stand. He cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way, just as the scriptures say. And John explains, he said this in regard to the spirit whom those who believed in him were about to receive. The spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Cut back to the text. Those in the crowd who heard these words were saying, this has to be the prophet. Others said, he's the Messiah. But others were saying, no, nah, the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Don't the scriptures tell us that the Messiah comes from David's line and from Bethlehem, David's village? So there was a split in the crowd over him. Some went so far as wanting to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him. I am 
I don't really want to get into that whole is he, isn't he argument about where Jesus comes from or whether or not he's the Messiah. But I want to talk about the invitation that Jesus gives and the encouragement that there, there is in that for us. But first, we need a little bit of context. We're going to look at the context of the feast and we're going to look at the context of his place. So let's do place first. Jesus lived in a dry place. Towns and villages grow up around water sources like wells or springs or rivers. Without water, there is no life. That's pretty much the thing the world over until we started bottling water or using pipes to move it and take it where we wanted it to go to. But the area that Jesus lived in was semi-arid and springs, wells and storage systems for water were vital to the survival of communities. If you live here in this part of BC, then you know that we live in what is called a temperate rainforest. Mind you, if you were new to the area, you might be confused about that right now because it's pretty dry. But ordinarily, it rains a lot. There is plenty of water around here. Do you know Canada has more lakes in the world than the rest of, more water in lakes in the world than the rest of the world put together? Oh, blows my mind. However, right now we are in the middle of a drought. Our city is encouraging everyone to stop watering. They call it go for gold. And there's a competition to win $150 off your water bill if your lawn looks golden brown. Ours is getting there. Not quite, but it's getting there. Um, the challenge is to let your lush green grass go dormant and fade to beautiful golden brown. Yet our drought is nothing at all if you compare it to other places in the world, like where Jesus came from, like parts of Australia, Africa, the Middle East, and so on. Way back when I was first learning about preaching, I remember being taught that you needed to tell fresh stories like you needed to have a fresh story to teach with. And that if you didn't have something, you know, brand spanky new, then you needed to stop preaching and go out and get a new story. Like go out and do something and come back with a story to tell. Um, so I always try and find a story for a sermon and a recent one if I can, because I have that voice in the back of my mind going, don't say anything if it's like six weeks old, it's too old. Um, but honestly, because of my illness, I don't get out that much. And so new stories are a little hard to come by except for ones that I experienced through other people, thank you for sharing them, um, or uh, ones that I watch on TV. So here's my up-to-the-date story of something I watched in TV the last in the last few weeks. Um, there is a show on Netflix called Almost Australian. I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's uh, fascinating. It's with a lady called Miriam Margulies. Um, she's the presenter of it. She is one of the crudest people. If you ever see her interviewed, and Karen and I nearly didn't watch it because of her rude crudeness. But in this series, it turns out that she is a really curious and actually quite sensitive soul. She has become an Australian citizen and the show takes her on a three episode journey around the country. She does 10,000 kilometers in eight weeks in a camper, which is no small feat for a 78 year old. The aim of the show is for us to accompany her on her journey to find out what it is to be an Australian today. If you have a delicate constitution or children with you, I might recommend you do a skip of it because it's still fairly rude on occasion, but the whole thing is also wonderful. She meets some incredible people and as you'd expect, they have some amazing stories to tell. 
she visits this one town. I think it's in the first, uh, I think it's in the first episode. It's a town called Trundle, which is squarely in the middle of the third year of a serious drought. She meets this old guy, Ron, on his uh, mobility scooter in the street. Um, and he says, yeah, it's taken a toll. I'll do an Australian accent for you. Uh, but it'll break. It'll rain one day. She says, it's too long to wait. But he says, no, he's optimistic. I wouldn't live here if I wasn't optimistic, is what he says. And then she goes into a, um, a hair salon and there's a group of women in there. She talks to them. And the the common theme through all of them is we'll just keep going no matter what. It'll rain again. And then she goes and visits um, these people who are on a fourth generation cattle farm. It is very remote and it is decimated by drought. Barren is the only word to describe it. I mean, our lawn still exists. It's golden, but it exists. Their front lawn doesn't exist. There is just red dust as far as you can see. The family is massively in debt and just barely surviving. They say it's the same for all farmers during this incredible drought. The husband, Justin, reached out to Aussie helpers when he was having to shoot some of their starving cattle. Um, Aussie Helpers is an organization of farmers helping farmers and other rural folk. Justin was really struggling mentally with the responsibility of keeping everything going as the drought dug in and he couldn't feed his animals. He says he got help from the Aussie Helpers that kept him alive. The family shared their story to help others realize that they weren't alone. Often we need somebody else's story, right, to say, it's okay, you're going to make it. It'll be all right. But you can see the strain on the whole family. Despite the situation, the parents hope that their boys, Harrison and James, will inherit the farm. Their eldest son, Harrison, I don't know, he's maybe 13, 14. And he has this kind of youthful hope, uh, maybe naive, but hope nonetheless. And he says, Mother Nature, he says, has her good days and her bad days. She goes from one extreme to the other. Floods to droughts everywhere. It will rain again. It's rained before. Mother Nature won't let us down. And his trust is just quite amazing. He's delightful. The drought, though, the drought is extreme. There's just red dust. As far as you can see, nothing is growing. They are in a desperate, desperate situation. And the drought is awful because water is life. Now imagine being in that situation and hearing Jesus's words, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. See, drought for us is inconvenient. Well, it is at the moment anyway. But for them, and probably for people where Jesus lived too, drought is not just an inconvenience. Drought is life and death. Water, and whether the rains come or not, really is the difference between living and dying for the crops, for the animals, and for the human animals. So that's one backdrop to the passage. When water is essential like that, not experienced in the way that we experience it and take it for granted, then it's a whole other thing to hear Jesus says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So I wonder what might be equivalence to the if anyone thirsts. And I'm going to ask you to stick some thoughts in the chat. So fingers at the ready. So if anyone thirsts, what would be equivalent? If anyone hungers? If anyone is anxious, 
anyone is in pain, if anyone is stressed, start jumping in. I've got lots of ideas, but you can keep, you can you can interrupt me. If anyone is tired, in deep longing, let's take tired further and call it exhausted. If anyone is in deep pain or trauma, disease and poverty, in a desert place. Alone. Lost. Hurting. Grieving. Literally hungry. Depressed, in poverty, any form of lack. Okay, so just take a second, look at yourself. If you dig just a little below your surface, lonely, homeless, what is your word? What is your deep need? If anyone, what's yours? You don't have to write this one in the chat. You might have already, but you don't have to declare that one out loud. Deep grief, whatever it is. Where is your ache? Where is your grain? your groaning, where is your pain? Maybe if it's too hard to look at your own, think about somebody that you love. Where is theirs? Yep, hard diagnoses, emotional fatigue. I told you there was a lot going on right now. There's a lot. But Jesus's thing is come to me. If anyone thirsts, imposter syndrome, yeah, there's lots. Okay, let's use that thirst then, or whatever your thirst thing was. Your that we use thirst as the code to cover all of those things. And uh let's see what Jesus does next. So he says, if anyone thirsts all of those things we've talked about, let him come to me and drink. Come to me, says Jesus, and drink. Come to me and ask for rain. Come to me and seek healing. Come to me and eat. Come to me and find peace. Come to me and find rest and on and on and on. Come to me, whatever it was, Jesus says, come to me. If you hear nothing else, I would love you to go away with Jesus's voice in your head saying, come to me. And you don't need to have it all together. Actually, it appears the very opposite is true. Come with your desperation. If you are, it, to be thirsty is to be desperate. That's the word I need to hear. And I imagine it's the word that you need to hear too. We had um, we had guests staying last weekend who decided to take a hike in the forest. We live right at a trailhead and people drive up here to walk all the time. Our guests decided that they were right here and they would take a hike in and go uphill and look and find the lookout. What they didn't think about was water. They figured it was close and they wouldn't need it. But last Sunday was stupid hot. And as soon as they went through the forest, through the trees and out the other side, and they were in the direct sunshine, they realized their error. They turned uphill through the field, through the open space, and were like, oh, shoot, we're in trouble. They didn't get as far as the lookout. They turned around and gave up and came back because water, their need for it was greater. 
they came back down going, well, we tried. We nearly got to the lookout. I was like, well, it would have been glorious if you'd got there. And they were like, yeah, we should have taken water. Not seeing the view was a much better idea than dehydration and getting in trouble, even such a short distance from home. If anyone thirsts, says Jesus, let him come to me and drink. Jesus knew what he was talking about and his hearers did too. So that's the context of uh, the place. Now let's put it in the context of the time. So like the when. Um, so Jesus, uh, he says this thing in the middle of the feast, or I think it's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles, they would build shelters. And the final, um, the final celebratory ritual, the priests would take water and wine and pour it around the altar. Living water in their, um, their kind of vernacular was running water, moving water. So living water is water that is moving. And the prayers that were regularly prayed at that festival were prayers for rain and prayers for the resurrection of the dead. So not only the theme of water, but also the theme of new life. And so perhaps at that moment, as the priests are throwing water and wine on the ground, Jesus stands up and he says, are you thirsty? Come to me. Like there's water running everywhere right now, but this isn't the water that you need. You need me. You need the life that I can give. You need God's blessing and hope for the future. And Jesus calls out to anyone who wants it to have this blessing and hope bubbling up in them and flowing out to the world around them. Because here's the next line. It says rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. So living water is running water, water that's flowing, moving and living. And it struck me as I sat with the verse this week that the living water was coming from the thirsty, that it wasn't poured out on them, but it was poured out from them onto others. And I'm like, wait, what? How does that, what? It makes the thirsty an engaged actor in the story, not just a passive receiver. And there is something important in that for us. We aren't just the passive receivers of mercy. We are an active, engaged actor in mercy. Way back when Abraham was called, God said, I will bless you to be a blessing. And I feel like the words of Abraham, uh, the words that God said to Abraham, make everything that we get given to us be so that we can give it away. Everything that we have is so that we can offer it as a gift to others. Every kind of mercy we receive is so that we can pour mercy on others that need it too. Rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes in me this way. This isn't just for us. This isn't for us to keep, to kind of satiate and soak in and enjoy and like luxuriate in and just, you know, all those things and go no further. This is to give away as we let it flow. This is to share and this is to spread around. So back to those needs that we had. If anyone thirsts, if anyone hungers, if anyone is anxious, struggling, stressed, exhausted, lonely, afraid, depressed, dealing with a hard diagnosis, imposter syndrome, emotional fatigue in a desert place, and on and on we went. Jesus says, let him come to me and drink, eat, relax, find ease, find rest, find peace, be renewed, and let the living water brim and spill out of the depths of you 
Because it's like in giving we receive. Come to me, says Jesus, becomes not just come to me, Jesus, but come to us as we Jesus you. <laughs> That's probably not the right way to say it. But as we as we do the work of the kingdom, like as we do the work of giving it away, it's the living, bubbling, running water that flows out of us. So let's replace rivers of living, running water with new life and hope that corresponds with those needs that we identified. So I wrote a few down. If anyone thirsts, come to me and drink. Rivers of living water will flow from you to all the thirsty. If you're hungry, come to me and eat. And tables filled to overflowing will be set as a banquet for many to fill the bellies of everyone. If anyone is anxious, come to me and be settled down. Rest in green pastures and then shuffle over and make space for someone else to lie down beside you under the vast blue sky of mercy. If anyone is struggling, come to me and find ease and turn and make life easier for the one beside you. If anyone is stressed, come to me and find peace and give that peace away so that it lifts the stress off of others too. If anyone is exhausted, come to me and rest and extend that gift of rest to the other worn out souls surrounding you by easing their burden somehow. It's not just for us, it's for us to give away. It's not just mercy for me, it's mercy for you. And it's not just mercy for us, it's mercy for all. And then John follows it up with, because uh, at this point you're going, well, I don't know how I can possibly do that. I'm just hungry. I can't feed anybody else. I don't have anything to feed me. But this is how it works. John does this little explanation. It was in, what do you call those, parentheses? I don't know. I forget grammar. But anyway, whatever the little bracket things are called. Um, just in case we missed it, this is how it works. Um, John tells us this. He said this about the spirit which people who believed in him were to receive. The spirit wasn't available yet because Jesus was not yet glorified. It was going to take Jesus dying and rising in glory and sending the promised Holy Spirit, but she was coming and we wouldn't have to do this alone. Anyone who believes in Jesus is promised the spirit. The spirit is God's refreshing presence who will come to live with them. This is the source of the bubbling up. The Holy Spirit is the source of the flow. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us always, to teach us everything, to show us how to love and to flow within us out to the world. So my prayer is this, come Holy Spirit. Fill us with the flowing, bubbling, running, living water and pour it out from us onto others. Refresh us so we can refresh others. Bless us so we can bless others. Fill us so we can pour out on others. Come, Holy Spirit. There is a, um, a practice called loving kindness, which I think is the essence of this. It's an ancient practice of directing feelings of warmth, life, flow towards ourselves, our loved ones, and the entire world. The practice um, helps us practice in compassion as we develop empathy and social connections. And if you're cool with it, I would like to end with this practice. I'm just going to presume you're cool with it because I, I can't see that you're not. So on we go. Um, so breathe in deeply, hold it for a count of four and then exhale slowly. So breathe in deeply. Hold it. 
and exhale slowly. And just return to your normal breathing. Loving kindness helps us to remember the compassion that God has for each of us. As we share loving kindness with ourselves and our neighbours, compassion grows within us. We pay purposeful attention to what it feels like to experience loving kindness and to share it with our neighbour. And we can do this kind of imaginatively. So let's focus on what we hope for ourselves and each other. I'm going to share a phrase, and it's a really simple one. And you might go, I don't know if I could say that. But deep down, we kind of all want it. And you can repeat it out louder in your heart. Extend loving kindness to yourself and try and do it without any judgment. Not, I don't deserve this, but without any judgment. Here's the first one. I'm going to say it. You can repeat it. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be safe. May I be at peace. And next we move to thinking about the people immediately around us. So in your mind, imagine them in a circle all around you. Imagine um, your immediate family, maybe your very close friends. And I'm going to say the phrases again, and you can repeat them towards those that you see in your circle. Feel the warm feelings of love and kindness expanding from you to those people in your immediate circle. Okay, so picture them in your mind. And we're going to say the same things again. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you be at peace. And now we're going to spread that circle wider, thinking about your neighbours, maybe people you don't know, maybe people in our town, province, state, nation, country, world. Maybe pick someone who's different from you. Let an image come to mind. And we'll do the same thing that we did for our immediate family and friend circle. I'll say the phrases and you can repeat each one. Feel the warmth of those feelings of loving kindness going from you to the stranger to your neighbor without judgment. So again, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you be at peace. And God, just to sum this all up, may loving kindness flow from us. May it be like rivers of living, running water that brim and spill out of the depths of us by the power of the Holy Spirit onto everyone around us and way beyond. Amen. Oh, amen. Right. Thank you, Sarah. Well, this has been... 
incredible morning. So encouraging and so helpful. Any last one more comment? Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Very welcome. We have, uh, we normally put some slides up here at the end. We are getting oh, yeah. wild Sunday. I forget. Wild what? church. Yeah. So like can we go for a hike or what is that about? So, okay. So my plan is that we gather together. Um, I give you a, um, a bit of a intro to being in the wild. And I would love to actually encourage people to go for a walk without talking. Oh, wow. Um, and actually engage with creation and hear what creation would like to tell us. Um, and then we'll come back together at the end. And uh, we'll build an altar with what we've found is my is my plan. And then take communion, which will be bread and grapes, because Excellent. we can't consume alcohol in a public place. So we can do grapes. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll do we'll do communion with bread and grapes. And we'll do um, we'll do the Zoom folks beginning and end to give you a chance to go out where you are and um, and do the same process um, in your place. If you can't join us um, at Fish Trap Creek. So that's that's the idea. So meet at 1030. Um, I will have you on Zoom on my phone and then we will go out and come back. All right. So that's that. Cool. All right. Looking forward to it. Well, we'll uh, wrap up here. I'd just like to uh, uh, read this short uh, blessing. Um, may your life be filled with some surprises, a new sense of wonder, a new understanding of trust. A deep contentment knowing that the indescribable and expansive love of God is in whatever circumstances come your way. May you have a good week, whether you live in Abbotsford or far, far away. And uh, we'll see you next week. God bless you all.